0: Yo, yo, Jack, one, two. Hey, what's up everybody, welcome to Addictive Tickle with Taylor Clark, I am of course, I am of course Taylor Clark. And this is my podcast, and this is the only podcast with just me. That's right. This is Taylor Clark's podcast. I am, of course, a skater, a comic, and a dad. And those are pretty much the main three subjects. But at its core, this is a comedy podcast, and all I'm really trying to do is get laughs for an hour. An hour of riffs! you playing piano stupid well it's because uh all right guys it's because and why do you play piano taylor well fuck it that's why what about what else am i gonna do just talk no i can't i'm too add and i want a podcast with a little bit of production okay and the least i could do is play <laughs> blues riffs between segments underneath some of my monologues And every now and then, you know what? I want to break out in a song. I'm going to break out in a song, all right? That's all the justification I need. And I don't know why I need to do it every episode. You know why? Because sometimes there's new listeners. And sometimes I want to explain what the fuck this show is. And I've only done a handful of episodes, so we're getting the hang of it. Do you like my little intro riff? The two episodes in a row? We're getting consistent. All right, first, first topic, guys. I am new. I am new here, I am new to the internet, I'm new to show business, I'm new to social media, I am a fucking classic 36 motherfucker, the noise in this goddamn building. Jesus. Alright, you guys actually can't hear it as well as I can. I have to keep remembering that, so I don't let it interrupt me. Uh, Perfect. Perfect example of just how new I am at this. New to podcasting, I'm new to social media, I'm new to all of it. All right, I am a classic example of just a 36 year old dad trying to start a business, right? And that's exactly what this is. It's a fucking business, and Daddy's got to get to work. Um, and th- and that's all it is, you know. Daddy's got to get to work. It's a business. I'm trying to run it here, but I'm new. At the end of the day, I don't know how any of this works. I appreciate just a little bit of leniency. Before I get all of the, um, hate which I deserve. Which I've gotten almost none of. And I'm just assuming it's out there. Just because skaters are haters, you know? And I, and I know I got an amazing stable of fucking awesome fans already that I am so grateful for. I'm getting gifts, product, amazing messages pretty much nothing but praise but the reason i'm assuming there's some hate out there is because um with every new stand up video i release i do lose a few followers you know it just like i gain some but i lose some you know and this most recent video uh, i i probably lost a few more than i've gained you know <laughs> And I know why. I know it's because some people started following me assuming that it was just going to be nothing but skating comedy, which uh, would get really tedious for me. So that obviously it's not what I do, nor would I have any chance of actually making it and getting paid to do stand-up comedy anywhere outside of the fucking X Games if I did that. Um, so that's a double. Those are double That's a double reason. So I don't, I, I can't do that. But uh, I figured also this latest video, I, I do pretty much just destroy cat people and cats, not destroy, but I make fun of them. I give them a light roasting. I went from destroy to light roasting. So um, I, I assume some of it's because of that as well, and it's just like a long bit. I don't know. I also have little kids that follow me, and I just did a whole bit about murdering cats follow, you know, which followed a circumcision joke. <laughs> There we are. So that's it. So that's a wrap on that. So I'm new. Um, I'm getting used to uh, the social media stuff. I uh, got a little, you know, get emotional. This is the first time I've ever had fans sort of be losing a few after only a few months. That stings. But also some of them might have just been pizza restaurants that only followed me because they thought, you know, I'd follow them back. Who gives a shit? I'm happy I got fucking... 6400 goddamn followers on instagram and you know most of those came in a month that's fucking rad as shit anyway i'm new i'm trying to figure this out um we're trying to find my voice here on this old podcasty microphone at the end of the day we're just trying to have fun and i'm not in a big rush Because I've been doing the, I've been doing stand-up for 15 years, I've been skating for over two decades, and I waited this long. I'm not going to try to, you know, speed it up now. <laughs> Be patient and figure this out, which is fun. All I really want to do is uh, get back up on stage, and in the meantime, uh, because that is literally impossible, we are going to sit here and make this podcast until it's good. I'm just going to keep trying to make it better, episode to episode. And I, um, you know, I think we're doing it. Feedback has been fantastic. And I don't have any competition here. You know? Because nobody's really trying to do this. Why, why would you? What a dumb thing to do. Who's Who's going to go do two decades... <laughs> skate for over two decades? Um, <laughs> film video parts... While simultaneously, you know, selling your soul to fucking open mic hosts. And, you know, bashing your brains out in fucking tiny bars and small theaters all over New York City for fucking 10 years. While maintaining a, you know, real estate license. That that was my path. <laughs> and unless you're on that fucking path, I don't think we are in the same lane. So I don't really feel, like, rushed. Because <laughs> nobody's really doing this. Not in, my, not in the podcast space, not in the stand-up space, not really in the skateboarding space, you know? And I don't, I mean, people are like it so far enough, anyway. They like it enough for me not to want to, like, hate, not to hate myself. <laughs> Any more than I do already. And let it, let me be clear. The amount of self-hate that I have is 51% and the self-love is 49%. But I, it's always going to, I think that 51 is permanent. <laughs> have you, got a, you got any shrinks out there? Any psychologists want to chime in? What disorder do I have? And the only notes I ever bothered to learn to play or care to know are blues notes. <laughs> What does that mean? You gotta check in on me If you're a therapist Or you know anything about psychology You gotta check in on me What is it all mean? Am I destined? Sad, middle, slowly. Or do I just need to go skate? Which is always the fucking answer. My God, is that always the answer. Anytime I'm a little sad, anytime I'm like actually depressed, I don't think this works for everybody. And it's not like a cure-all, but it works a lot. If I'm sad or I'm depressed and I go skate, it gets better. I feel better. And I think that's because I don't put so much pressure on my skating anymore. It really is just the act of doing it is the reward, finally, which is probably a lot why I'm skating better than I've ever skated. And I try to like really sum that up and wonder, like, am I really? I say that a lot, like, I'm skating better than I've ever skated. And I'm like, are you though? (laughs) Because I'm not masterful as I kind of imagine I was as a young person, younger person. Like, I imagine myself as a younger person being, you Uh. know, like, uh, more agile, more agile, you know, having better endurance and whatnot for skating. And I think that more just means I was able to skate, like, bigger and harder stuff each day. Like I'd be able to jump down stuff one day and go jump down something again the next day. The day after that and the day after that. And that is not possible for me as much anymore. And at least I don't have the, uh, you know, whatever, physical stamina to be able to do that kind of stuff anymore. I don't have the proper nutrition. I don't do the right exercises to be able to endure for tricks than i once did i think i can flip it up better than i could when i was just a kid. i really do i think i just have a better i have a better style now i have a better concept of how to do the tricks i have a better understanding of You know, the ins and outs of all the tricks. I just think I have more wisdom about skateboarding than I did as a kid, which makes me better at it. You know? I'm a better artist now, maybe. Oh, God, what a pretentious, disgusting thing to say. Is skateboarding art? And if so, am I even an artist? (laughs) The amount of existential angst on this episode is, uh... Gross. Anyway, new to the game... I don't have too much competition, uh, so I'm not in a rush. That's it. That's the wrap on that topic. Oh, let's go here. All right. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> not fun. That part was not fun. So. Um, speaking of noise, fucking, I haven't lived in a place that has uh, had sirens in a while. When I used to live in Brooklyn, shit, obviously you hear sirens all the time, but now I'm in um, an area where you hear them, and I forgot that feeling you get when you hear a siren, especially when you're in your bed at night. Right, you're in your bed at night, you hear peace all around you, and then. From a distance, you can hear an emergency. There's a siren blaring. The red... My God. There's a siren blaring. The red lights are in your imagination as it approaches. As the sound grows louder. And a part of you is positive. That, That... police car or ambulance or fire truck is going to fly into your bed. <laughs> I mean, you, the way that the sound is so menacing and violent and the, that sound, get, I mean, because like a siren is supposed to be a singular sound it's, or a, a stable, it's supposed to not move supposed to be a sound lets you know go hide right siren in a town before ambulances before cop cars right it was a it was a it was a stable sound not stable it was in one place it was secure it didn't move it didn't travel it wasn't a traveling noise it let you know to go hide and now they those fucking things what was i alive back then those things back in my day the sirens used to stay put now Modern-day sirens come a traveling into your home. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. They, in the back of your head, you hear that siren and you're pretty sure you're about to get hit by a fucking cop car. You think even in your bed, just the nature of that sound, uh, you would assume. So anyway, fuck sirens. <laughs> I hate them so much when they, because the, the ones that I've been hearing come right by my fucking window, right? So up and i have right up until the last second that part of my brain it's con- that's convinced that you're about to get hit by a cop car or an ambulance or a goddamn fire truck that part of my brain is wide awake right there i might as well be standing on the fucking sidewalk with my eyes closed it's frightening could you imagine standing on the sidewalk with your eyes closed as sirens are rapidly approaching The the amount of willpower it would take to keep your eyes closed would be extraordinary. And that's the kind of willpower I have to shoot from not jumping out of my bed (laughs) in fright every time I hear a siren. I'm just not used to it anymore. In Brooklyn, I used fucking, it was no problem. I enjoyed it. I liked it danger. Right outside my door is what I want. That's why I moved here. I didn't move to Brooklyn for that. But it's what kept me. Wouldn't it be weird if you stayed in Brooklyn you're like, I like the sirens. They're all over New York. There's no escaping them I'm leaving Brooklyn. I don't like the sirens. You move to Midtown. You're like, well, wow, fuck. <laughs> I'm leaving Midtown. I don't like the sirens. You move to Astoria. You're like, well, shit. I'm leaving a story. I don't like the sirens. You move to, um, I mean, pretty much anywhere else in the country, you're good. Just move to a rural area. (laughs) You're like, hey, this isn't bad. Um, Now I just have to, you know, not um, have friends anymore, not be social, and not have things to do. So you lose your culture, but you also lose the sirens. Congrats. All right, let's move on. Um, People are going out. Like fucking COVID is over and it's driving me crazy. You don't think I want to go out? You don't think I want to go do shows? I don't know. It's not okay yet, is it? I mean, people are going, I get it. You're fucking cramped up in your house. You want to go out. People got to make a living. Live performers need to make a living. I want to make a living. But isn't it a little early? Aren't we, like, still, like, peeking out here? Aren't we, like, 400,000 people are dead? I saw Biden's inauguration today. You know, granted, there were some moving moments. I don't love how churchy it is. I... I thought we had a separation of church and state and I find it kind of impossible for you to give a speech talking about how we need to agree on a reality and then have a preacher talk after you. (laughs) Doesn't that seem a little, you know, contradictory? I'm Joe Biden and we need to (laughs) I'm Joe Biden and I invented togetherness. I thought of that. Togetherness was my idea. And unity and reality. We need to unite on a reality. A reality that's real. Okay? Now here's the reality that's real. You're all going to hell. (laughs) Unless you accept Jesus in your heart. Now that's real. Okay? I won the election and Jesus is our savior. Right? Both things are the truth. (laughs) The fuck are you talking about? Just don't, just don't include it. You could be relig- religious. Do you have to bring it into your fucking speech? I, it drives me crazy. There's a separate separation of church and state, right? Isn't that like the, one of the main fucking things? Just don't talk about it. <laughs> it me fucking crazy. I don't really have a problem with religious people. Each kind of, you know. Religion, I have a problem with its kind of establishment, for the most part, name a religion. I don't really love its core establishment, but the industry built around it, necessarily. Right, I got issues with that, but you got, you know, you got sucked into a religion. Fucking, you know, do you. Don't hurt anybody. I don't give a shit. But in a, if you're fucking holding a government office, talking about God, what the fuck? <laughs> Right? There's no... Separation of church and state. Fucking screaming from the mountaintops. Get your fucking God out of my government. And that's just where I stand. Well, anyway, this is a big problem because if you don't do that, how do you have full transparency? How do you be completely honest? Right? If you're like, you, or just not talk about it. If you talk about it, it just it, it, I would I would want to talk about it all the time. If you're leading all this environmental scientific progress, you're going to be the leader in science around the world. How do you do that and still believe that that God had a kid that died for you know your masturbation habit? right anyways you gotta have full transparency is what i'm saying you gotta have full fucking transparency you're gonna be like how do all these people believe in conspiracy theories well it's because people lie about stuff so you can't damn the people who believe in conspiracy theories and not damn um the liars you know it's it it doesn't work I, I, I hear all of these people do it all the time. How the hell could these people believe in this stuff? It's because if you do any investigating into a lie, that's like an established lie, like how we got into Vietnam, let's take like the Gulf of Ton- Tonkin, Tonkin. It was a fucking lie. Didn't happen. That's what got us into the war and we never backed out. And then we committed extreme fucking atrocities in that war that we never owned up to. We don't take responsibility for to this day. And so we lied about all of that shit to our people and on and on and on. That's just like one example. You don't fucking have the government spread lies and then be like, how the fuck do people believe in all these conspiracy theories? Because they're making theories (laughs) because you won't tell them the fucking truth. So you tell them the fucking truth. Come out. That's what I think Joe Biden should do. He should just come out, fucking lay it all on the table. Be like, "Holy shit, I had no idea." You make that lie, all right? Be pretend he had no idea. Be like, "The Vietnam was fucking crazy. These are the shit that happened in World War II. This is the fucking what the CIA and the FBI have been doing in South America. What the fuck?" And then be like, "We're you know lead with example, just like his fucking speech said with example," and then. People hopefully will come around and stop believing in conspiracy theories because they can trust that the United States will tell them the fucking truth. Now I know that the government can't just t- talk about everything. You got to keep some things under, you know, you got to play some things close to the, close to the chest, under the vest, under the heart, whatever they say. Right? Yeah, yeah. Really slipping into Bill Burr here. The more I rant, ah, come on, come on, what do you got to? my bull bird is really just a muppet anyway you got to be transparent lead with transparency and then people won't believe all these conspiracy theories because you they won't have anything to theorize about you got to just tell them more about what's going on don't lie to them right and if you get if you you got to fucking tell them what the lies were from the past all of the theories that they have, all those conspiracy theorists, you got to break down all of those lies that were told that they're now theorizing about what the truth is. And you can take some of the ammunition away, right? You can unload some of the ammo from the enemy. And hopefully we can start to climb out of this from there. But until still we start wearing Operation Paperclip on our fucking sleeves. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to stop people from believing conspiracy theories. And then people believe conspiracy theories, you're going to get fucking cult leaders who want to pretend that only they know the truth. And because there's no other truth out there, it's way easier to believe those fucking cult leaders. Hey, I'm speaking to someone who was in a cult. I've been in several... I'm currently in one, the skateboarding cult. Oh, yeah, I'm an elitist. I'm a philosophizer. Philosopher? (laughs) I'm not a vocabularyist, that's for sure. So, um... But skateboarding isn't that dangerous of a cult, you know? It's a self-inflicting violence more than anything. But, um the 2012 conspiracy that I was legitimately scared of. I really, you know, in the back of my head and part of the front of my head, really thought the apocalypse was coming and the Mayans uh, were right. Based on, you know, some vintage info wars and some old school rabbit holes down, you know, down uh, old school YouTube rabbit holes. Um, I was uh, all but convinced, you know? And it was scary. And then I was like, yeah, all right, that's a bunch of bullshit. I got to back up and kind of I went to sleep politically for, you know, eight years, basically, while Obama was in office. And I was in New York. I got into a new cult, fucking the real estate cult. And sales is a fucking cult in itself. But the real estate cult is unique. You know, it's similar to like the stock cult or some of these other different like capitalist philosophies, but you get into this mindset and then people become dollars and then you're fucked. As soon as you start seeing people as opportunities and dollar signs on their fucking faces, you're in a cult. That's how I feel. I mean, it happened to me. I was in it, right? When I started in New York, anytime someone would move and I heard about it, in my periphery i would legitimately get mad because it was uh my livelihood and everybody you start to become a phony because you don't want to burn any bridge you want everyone to like you because everyone's a potential lead everyone's a potential client so you're real nice you're real kind and you're essentially not yourself or at least not all the way yourself you know And I know there's a lot of real estate people who are going to fucking get pissed about or or get pissed about people who think like this because they want to tell you all of the examples and all of the ways to avoid that mentality and that behavior and blah, 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 blah. It's all bullshit. All right? There's no way you could be 100% yourself and a real estate agent. (laughs) I honestly just don't think it's possible to do a job like to do it well to be a really good real estate agent. There's nobody who's really good at real estate and is 100% themselves. Let me let me back up and say it that way because if you're really good at real estate agent and you're a really good real estate agent, that means treating every fucking relationship as a potential lead as a potential client which means you do not want to do anything to harm that relationship or that client which means you're gonna let some social things fly by right you're gonna be a little cooler with maga people than you might be otherwise i know I, maybe that's not true for a lot, for as many people as I think it is, but I've been working in fucking real estate for a long time. I've met so many people, all the people I know who are really, really good at this, for sure. And I'm sorry if you're my friends. There's something a little phony about you. All right. And that might, and actually, for an agent, this is why the system is fucked, is that is good. Cause I don't want somebody who I care that much about to be my agent. I think I've talked about this a little bit before. I want you to be my friend, I just want you to close the deal I don't want you to be nice to my wife, I just want you to negotiate my price I don't want you to be good, I want you to be bad for me I want my real estate agent to be a phony be a phony, be a phony, be a phony for me. Be a phony, be a phony, be a phony and close the day off a name. I got a low prize, a low offer, I need you to close it tonight. I need you to pick up the phone and talk to the seller and say all right is a deal, and whatever you do, whether it's legal or not, after that, as long as the deal closes, I'll close my eyes and just pretend it's all above board. <laughs> that is a client. That's a classic real estate client. No, I want my agent. I want a good agent. It's going to fly by the, you know, do everything above board and buy the book, and then eventually they, they get you around the corner, and they're like, what do you got to do to close this? <laughs> yeah, forget all that shit I said. What do we got to do to close this? Wink. That's every fucking client. Yeah, but you guys, you know, they always assume, they want to assume you're just some dirty shithead. Especially me. They would always assume that because I would look like a dirty shithead. <laughs> Rolling cigarettes and stuff. Now nah, I'm going to pretend like I have a moral compass. <laughs> well, that the this deal, boy. Uh, it's going to cost you. <laughs> I was not that kind of real estate agent I was a fucking good real estate agent But I did rentals Which is a whole different game Real estate agents who do sales Oh boy You guys And that's when I got out of it When I started getting into sales I was like I can't do this can't do this for my rest of my life. I can't nurture these relationships for a year in hopes that I eventually can get these guys to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars through me to just just doing all of that work just to have the honor of being the conduit of in in the transaction. Like, I, it just a lifestyle I couldn't get behind, and mainly because I couldn't I couldn't get further into the cult. It really took for me. I knew I was gonna have to like. Flip that switch even further forward into dollar signs mode. And I know speaking from someone who was in sales for a long time, I I had moments where I slipped really hard into that mode and I did not like who I was. I might have made money, but I did not like the kind of person that required me to be. And maybe it's because I, you know, I'm such a talented actor. (laughs) such a phenomenal comedian that it's playing pretend is fun for me and something um, I know I'm good at. So if I'm like, all right, today you're the salesman character, it well, I can flip that switch on. <laughs> but the danger is when doing that every day is it eventually stays on. You can't fucking turn that thing off. And I think I I just flipped it off. Not long ago, you know, I had to be out of it for years to really flip it off. And I think, I think it's off now. Now I'm flipping it on and again in a, maybe even a more disgusting way. And I'm selling myself. That's kind of what happened. I was like doing real estate and, you know, I was reading all these books about it and how to market yourself. And as a real estate agent, I put all this work into your business. And at the end of the day, as a real estate agent or fucking independent contractor... You own, you own your own business. So I was like, man, if I did all this work for comedy, I'd probably make it. And that was a big part of that epiphany I had was when I uh, decided that I would treat comedy as with as much uh, really just time and energy as I gave my job. But I've never really had that luxury before, so I had to make huge sacrifices in order to make it happen. And that was just to do live stand-up comedy. That wasn't to do any of this, podcasting and videos and fucking Instagram and all that shit. I wanted nothing to do with that. I was pretty stoked. I I thought I was going to be able to carve out just a nice road comic career, maybe get a couple of TV credits. Who knows? I did not have high expectations, but I was pretty sure if I just stayed on top of it, I could keep booking myself locally and, and sustain... You know, like a 30 to 40K a year career just doing live stand up from Everett. You know, like that's kind of where I was, <laughs> where I was like, I think I can get there and then, and then we'll see what <laughs> happens. And I had basically gotten there, not quite to that same, uh you know, financial uh, marker, but I was like getting paid regularly. And uh, driving Uber Eats instead of working in real estate because that's all I needed to do to, ho- to, to make my nut, right? So once that happened, I started getting ambitious about, like, all right, let's do this web series and a podcast and record an album and started taking all those next steps. Of course, you know, COVID happened. I was sitting on this album and uh, living at my parents' house after, you know, failing to launch a real estate company. And my wife had just started working her new job, and I became a homeschool teacher, blah, 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 blah. A lot of the same story as a lot of people. COVID really fucked up my plans. No big deal. Here we are now, right? We're cruising. I might be a little new, like we said in the beginning, but we're cruising. You know, I'm making this show every week. I've got a, I cannot wait. I think I might have talked about this on one of the other episodes if I haven't. I have got this web series I'm working on called Comedians at Skateparks. I made the first episode years ago now, and I still haven't put it out. It still holds up. It's good. I'm going to put clips of it out really soon. And that is essentially going to be the pilot episode or template for um, episodes to come of my tour. Because I just want to do this you know, a new episode of Comedians at Skateparks and every place I go. So, I'm um, really fucking excited about that. So, I've got this podcast, I've got this web series, and um, my uh, my tour, which is coming up. So, if I'm doing it live, and I have all this online content to promote and distribute, then, um, then we'll be really cruising. Cruising to honestly just grow that that is where i am now that's all i want to do is grow that grow that tour keep making my podcast keep making this web series um and now i just have to hopefully i can get all of that to sustain some sort of career some sort of living you know and hopefully i can get there in the next three months because if i don't i might have to start driving for fucking uber eats again because we're running out of dough. We are running out of dough. I don't know how much longer this unemployment shit is going to keep up. And I am eager to start working. I cannot fucking wait to start working again. Live. Doing live stand-up. I don't want to ever have a regular job again. I shouldn't have to. And I won't. I'll figure this out. It's happening. It's already happening. We're You guys, don't worry. I'm not panicking. So... Uh, I, I, think, I think it's about all I wanted to talk about about that. Um, Oh, that was all. Go- I was all saying all of that because it's le- that was an epiphany that I have. And I've been watching now that I'm on Instagram all the time. I see a lot of people post these like they're usually in the car. Most people are in the car when they post these epiphany videos. You know what I'm talking about? We're. we're- They're in the car, and they have an epiphany, right? And they're like... Oh, my God, you guys. Did you guys ever realize that eating meat is bad? (laughs) I just can't believe people eat meat. Or, um... (laughs) I'm trying to think of another one. I really just see a lot of these videos where, um people want to give this like sage advice to all their followers and to me it's always something really simple like like balance this is always what the video is it's like <laughs> hey guys it's me erica and um let's just let's make it i don't want it to i don't want to risk being chauvinist so let's make it a dude Hey guys, it's Eric, and I just wanted to say, um, a lot of people out there are, like, really sad right now, and they're, like, really mad at the system, and, like, they're really upset about the way things are, you know, and I just wanted to tell all those people, like, you know, what's important is you're grateful for what you do have. I just think people really need to hear this right now, like, you know, are you, take a breath, look out the window at that sunset, The smile on a baby's face. The whimper of a puppy. (sighs) Anyway, this is Eric. Just saying you something you probably never thought of. Until just now. Until you heard me, Eric, tell you that gratitude is important. (laughs) Is that not always the video? Like, oh, in case none of you guys have read a poem. Or heard a song. (laughs) Perhaps read a book or absorbed anything from anything of depth and meaning and not known that you should be grateful for what you have. Have you have you never lived through a Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's so funny to me, but I have those, and I, I've thought about making those videos sometimes, I guess. I don't know now that I'm on Instagram you see all this shit that works this is what happens right this is this is a classic new dad classic dad new to Instagram move where you're like our fucking Chad Muska made one of these videos I'm gonna make one too you're not fucking Chad Muska <laughs> hey guys I just want to let you guys know it's me Taylor and I just wanted to let you guys know because you probably never really thought about this until just now um when you're doing something creative, it's more about the process and not about the end result, okay? You just got to enjoy the process of making the thing. Anyways, you probably never heard about that, never, never really thought about that because you've never read a book or a <laughs> heard a poem or seen one episode of fucking The Wonder Years. So, anyway, um, Taylor here just saying something that you needed to hear. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And here's what's funny. About all this influencer shit. People. For sure this is happening. I can say this as a dad. Who's new to Instagram. Um, If. Oh my god. This fucking noise in this place. I'm sorry guys. You know what. Tell more people about this podcast. Let's get this off the ground so I could afford some, maybe some equipment, some insulation, fucking a studio. Wouldn't that be rad? A real studio? I would drive to a studio once a week to record this twice a week. If we get this off the ground, I'll put it on Patreon. What did I say? I, I might have said this before, but I want to do, um, if I can get to 250 listeners, I will start doing this twice a week and I'll start looking for sponsors. So that I can afford equipment and shit. And if I can get to a thousand listeners, I will start putting the full videos on Patreon. All right? That's my plan. And if I can get to a thousand listeners of this podcast, I will put my fucking full special on Patreon. I'll put the full hour in as complete a form as I can fucking put it edit it as nicely as possible and I will will put that on Patreon as well but I'm not even going to really launch a Patreon until I can get this up to a few hundred followers. I just I gotta have goals (laughs) I just couldn't justify it. I can't I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong but that's where I am right now. That's my line Oh and if I can get to 10,000 followers on Instagram I'm going to drop my street part I'm going to drop that street part Street part, ugh Ooh, okay, sorry, a little bit clunky today. I'm on a lot of coffee, no food. So, anyways, those those are some of my goals. Um, I, I, A lot of people have been t- giving me amazing encouragement. This goes back to what I was saying about influencers who post all of this positivity, all of this gratitude, all of this perspective, enjoy the process shit that everyone puts out and i know it's good for some people some people need to hear that maybe you just save someone to fucking save someone's life they climb back off the bridge because um you know fucking i don't want to name names i know exactly which skaters i'm talking about but because some fucking skater told you to be grateful for every breath And so you don't kill yourself, fucking awesome. I guess I'm glad that guy posted that video. But most people are posting this shit not for you, but for their own fucking ego. The exact same thing they're telling you not to be obsessed about yourself and to be grateful and enjoy the process they are posting that because they are not being in the creative process and because they're serving their ego because you know what the responses are when you post shit like that they're amazing it's addictive of course you would just start posting that shit all the time that's what they're doing that's what all these people do as they post oh gratitude and be nice and all this kind of stuff because the responses and the comments are are fucking ego boosting. They're all thanks, man. I needed to hear that, dude. I was in such a bad place until I saw this. And you feel like you're really doing good, right? But you're not. These are just people serving egos, they're self serving to the max. And they're doing it in the comments too. The people that respond to that kind of stuff, like, wow, well, man, thanks, are also serving their own egos, right? Because they want to respond. They want to comment, they want it to be seen. And I know there is some. I'm maybe it's a higher percentage than I'm giving uh uh credit to of people who are sincere and genuine within those moments. But I have to as someone who's done it, been a victim to it, I can I can tell you for sure it is overall a net negative it is serving a net negative because people who can't do it who can't switch over and just be positive and flip the switch and look at things this way um feel worse when they see that stuff as someone who's seen that been a part of it and been victim to it i can i can speak from experience that's what happens you see that kind of stuff and you're like, I'm not, I can't just flip a fucking switch and be happy. I have to climb out of this fucking hole. And that, that comes down to other stuff I was saying It's like, okay, it's baby steps. You can't just flip a switch and make this shit happen. You can't just fucking be like, look, we need to settle on what the truth is. And I it's all pray to God, my God, by the way. <laughs> You can't, you can't do that. You have to do baby steps. You got to not talk about God. You have to tell people that if you're sad, I, I am sorry. And I don't want you to be sad. But unfortunately you are. (laughs) Sometimes you just fucking are, you know, and you don't have to be, and you probably won't be forever. Right. For now, it's okay. Be a little sad. Be as much sad as you want. We'll climb out of this together one step at a time, one healthy meal at a time, one push up at a time, one jumping jack at a time, one fucking good book at a time. All right. Recommendations for things that make you happy versus fucking concepts and ideas that should make you happy. What are you, stupid? That's all these videos are oh are you sad what are you fucking stupid breathe a breath of air you fucking dummy get out there and be happy aren't you glad I was here to help you with this (laughs) I don't have much stomach for it so um, and now I'm gonna say all this and then go put out a video exactly like uh, the ones I'm demonizing what I love about podcasting is that I can just talk like this I mean, there's really got to be the main reason I fucking do this is because I am so tempted to go on Facebook and Instagram and spout my fucking dumb ideas and opinions like most people use these fucking mediums for. And I don't because luckily I just have this now. I have done that kind of stuff in the past. I've gone fucking like fishing plenty of times. Don't get me wrong. I get it. It is addictive. This is why when people post, hey, change your perspective, be positive, put on a fucking happy smile, you dumb bitch, kind of fucking posting, It gets you get flooded with happy stuff. It's also the same reason post, people post controversial shit. You get flooded with attention. The whole reason most people are on this fucking shit is for attention. I used to say I get all my attention from stand up, which is one of the reasons I don't feel, um, you know, I don't feel it necessary to engage that much on social media because I don't really need that attention. I'm getting it every night, even at an open mic. I'm getting attention from 30 people and I'm getting it for all the reasons I want it for my jokes. I'm bringing all the attention to the jokes. (laughs) So. Now that I'm fucking all over this goddamn social media shit. I understand Um, even more how addictive this is, how addictive fucking social media is. It's crazy. And that every day posting, wanting more, wanting that fucking endorphin boost, like I get it now way more than I've ever understood it because, um, because now the count is up. The numbers just went up a lot more. It used to be, if I got a hundred likes or something like that, i fucking lose my mind. <laughs> the endorphins would be almost too much to handle. But now I get like thousands. It's crazy. And it has a lot less of a, the meaning of that number has, has kind of gone away. And now it's like about followers. And I don't know. It's different. It's changed. And it's, I'm way more addicted to it now than I've ever been. And I'm trying to find ways to control it. You know, I wish someone would post a video about me just, you know, having to take some new perspective on it and be grateful for the followers that I do. (laughs) have. But it is addictive. So you got to be really careful with it. So I'm so happy to have this podcast where I can just kind of spout, I can use it as an outlet to make mistakes, say things that I might have to take back and be wrong, and uh, and have that kind of freedom. I feel like in a long format like this, you have a lot more freedom to do that, to talk with your hands. Um, that's for the visual watchers. I was talking with my hands. Why do I call them visual watchers? I love my visual, my visual. I love my visual watchers at home. Watching me with your vision, and your vision, and your vision. Your vision is watching me. I hope you can see my penis. <laughs> is for the visual watchers at home, I do always have my penis out. You're welcome. For the listeners at home, you can hear it. <laughs> can you hear my dick, can you? Um, Gross. Anyways, so uh, so anyway, I love podcasting because of that. I can get all, I can get it all out. I can be crazy. I can be creative. And this is what I'm getting to is why I'm putting these out, even in this format. Like I was talking about, is I am just getting in the habit of making these, getting in the habit of fucking putting these out regularly, having a deadline, having uh, an audience that I'm obligated to. So right now, just having the Monday stand up post and the Thursday release of my podcast is a lot, um, considering that I'm coming from a place where I never made anything or put anything out. So I'm already two months. My podcast came out two months ago and I haven't even really done a huge push for it. Where I send out mass emails and talk to all of my old contacts that I've ever made in my life, which is something that's super necessary that I have to do. So I am right there. I'm like on the precipice of doing all that stuff. But in the meantime, Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a fucking part of this. For the people who are listening and enjoying this podcast, you are my favorite people. I love you more than my child. I love you more than my family, more than all of my dead pets. You guys are the greatest. This is the thing I love doing right now. Like, it is the closest thing to stand up that I've got. I know I don't hear any laughs. I realized that the only reason I like doing stand-up was to hear myself, so I don't even miss it. No, that's I'm fucking completely lying. I live for a fucking crowd. I cannot wait to get fucking back on stage. But in the meantime, I do love to hear myself, and I need a canvas where I can fucking throw paint. I need a wall where I can toss spaghetti, try out ideas, and this is it. That is what this podcast is. This is my creative uh, pad, right? This is my wall of fucking old spaghetti. Okay. This is the thing I'm going to craft and continue to push forward. Um, forever. I think I forever, I think I can make addictive tickle for the rest of my life. I can turn on this microphone and play the piano fucking anytime and try to be funny and talk about what's on my mind. This is a convenient process for me and one that I enjoy. So I have no reason to not Keep making it unless people actively hate it. Unless people are actually like, stop making that, or we'll ruin you. <laughs> Could you imagine? I there's no way I stop if that's the case. If people hate it that much, it has to be doing something positive for my career. I would, I would hope at least, I, you know, at least I would get on Fox News or something. I don't know. Wouldn't that be a great goal? Um, anyway. That's what this podcast is. This is my my spaghetti wall, okay? I'm enjoying it. I love you. Thank you guys so much for listening. I think I covered everything I wanted to fucking talk about. Actually, for the first time, I covered all the things I wrote down. Oh, last thing. <laughs> um, the, oh, man, I don't want to... Okay, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to just talk about the fact that uh, I have been skating a lot more, and I am for sure the... I'm I'm on the edge of kook at the session, at the park. I think I'm borderline. I think people don't know whether I am or not, and I don't know whether I am or not. I think I am a kook. <laughs> I truly really do. I think I talk a little too much. I try to make too many jokes. I want to be everybody's friend. I sing. I whistle. I coach skaters who don't ask for it. I give advice uh, just <laughs> that nobody wanted. I know. I think I'm a kook. I think I am the kook, but I'm just good enough at skating that people let him, let me let me kook out. <laughs> if I was not good at skating, nobody would talk to me. There's no way. I think I'm annoying. I, I worked in sales long enough to know. I think what my vibe is. Or to recognize how people are perceiving my vibe. And I think I'm the kook at the session. I think people assume I'm cool, talk to me, realize I'm a kook, and then don't quite know how to treat me differently. (laughs) I don't know if it's true, but I get a kind of a feeling. And I know skaters are already just very traditionally cool guy. And I'm here for it. Okay. Very well earned. If anyone gets to be cool, it's a skater. And the better you are, the cooler you are, unless you're a kook, right? There's plenty of guys who are really good at skating, but kooks. And so nobody gives them enough, you know, space to exist. (laughs) Not true. Plenty of kooks out there with great livings. Um, And a lot of the kooks have better livings than a lot of the cool guys. The point is, we all know when we're at anywhere and a group of people, there is, um, you know, let's say there's a social setting. We're all at the same party, okay? The skate park, everyone got invited to the party. If you skate, you got invited to the party. Um, there is obviously party crashers. These are the scooter kids. These are um, a lot of bikers. Not all bikers, but, you know, uh, I feel like if you're good on a bike, you follow good etiquette. This even goes for scooter scooter kids, not scooter adults. I don't know where they are. I don't see them. I don't know if they exist. I've heard rumors. So, as far as the skate park party is concerned, everyone who came with a skateboard was invited, almost at any level that you're at. Um if you're on a bike, um, you got to show your invitation <laughs> and say with if you're on a scooter. So um and rollerbladers, um they they haven't been to a party in over 6 years. <laughs> Poor guys. Love rollerbladers. Prefer them to scooter kids. And we all are just looking for things to grind at the end of the day. So we'd all fight cops together is what I always say. But at the end of the day, um, you weren't invited. <laughs> so that's the party. And if you're at a party um, and someone shows up, invited, an invited person, everyone's invited. We're all at the same party. We're all chilling. We all just assume we're not kooks, right? But then you realize that some kooks got invited. And if you were treating them not like kooks before, it's hard to pivot. you ever been at that party where you start talking to someone, you assume they're normal, and then they start talking to you about astrology. And you go, fuck! <laughs> I didn't mean to start this conversation. And you got to get out of there. And then they want to just keep talking to you about astrology. I mean, that's basically who I am. I'm like the guy at the escape park who wants to talk about astrology the, the whole time. But I'm not talking about astrology. I actually am just like like Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets, just like trying to <laughs> just kind of crack jokes and observe, uh, audibly observe every single thing that happens. That is who I am at the skate park. That is the kook. The guy's like, man, that was cool. Hey, man, you got to put your foot out a little bit more on that on that front shove. And hey, okay, hey, watch me. <laughs> I don't do a lot of watch me. My, my whole energy is kind of look at me already, so I don't really need to request anyone's attention but I think I'm the kook anyway that's what I wanted to talk about I hope I'm not I think I'm I'm not as kooky as I might think and I think all skaters probably think we're the kook at at the session or not I might be alone on that anyway I thought it was really funny you guys are the best I already said I love you thank you so much for listening we did it we covered it all we didn't have too much music oh what was my world-saving idea I did have Oh my god. Oh, this is it. All right, everything is going to ride because we can't settle on facts, we can't settle on the truth. So this is the end of the episode so worth listening just for this. First thing we have to do, this all started happening the world started fucking really going to shit not being able to settle on uh, agreed facts as soon as they changed literally in the de- in the dictionary. So we have to literally Make literally mean what literally means again. This is my whole fucking concept. I could put this on a shirt. I think it is a mandate that we have to do this now. We have to make literally what literally means again. Literally, we have to do that. Because that is such a key word and a defining word in the English language. And if we can't agree on what that means, we are fucked. So we have to bring that back. We have to start correcting people who use it wrong. Again, I know it's annoying. I know people don't like grammar police. And I am a fucking typo-making, misspeaking motherfucker. All right? But I appreciate when someone tells me that I'm speaking improperly. I want someone to tell me I'm wrong. Okay? So correct people when they use literally in the wrong way. If you think and aren't sure, talk about it. Have the conversation. Was that the right way? Hey, I heard on the greatest podcast of all time, Addictive Tickle with Taylor Clark, that one of the first things we need to do to fix this world is make literally what literally means again. Literally. And by literally make it mean that again, we have to all fucking write letters and send message messages to Webster fucking dictionary starting ASAP. To do this, enough, we have to agree on the fucking facts, and we have to start with the word literally so that we all know what fucking literally means when something literally happens, okay? When there is literal truth and the truth, right? We have to figure that out, all right? So let's literally... Make literally mean what literally means again. All right? That's the new slogan. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you. This is Addictive Tickle with Taylor Clark. See you on Thursday. Bye.